thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown army to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and can now explain the meaning of Lachi Bolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business soup that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents because one thing we know is that the content just keeps on coming. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to, I don't know, our first afternoon army snack in a really long time. Yeah. Good evening. Yes. Hello. So joining us tonight is myself, Leah. Then we have Becky, who is also our resident V bias, as we keep calling her. <laughs> My official title in life. It's the best title I have. Let's be real. And then we also have Megan and Tanya joining us tonight. And what are we what are we here to talk about? The most tear-drinking, emotionally destructive music video ever made which is Love Wins All by IU and starring Kim Taehyung, also known as V. Everybody's been wrecked and we've had multiple requests to talk about this. And so we're here. Yeah. So why don't we each go around and maybe give like our 30 second or less hot take on kind of like what we, what we expected and what we got when we watched this video. Becky, do you want to start? Sure. I, So first of all, I didn't know, even though they never said he was going to sing, I did expect that he would be featured on the song and he wasn't. So I I did a little bit expect that. That said, I wasn't disappointed. I just was sort of waiting for it the whole time. I thought that he would be more of like a, like a cameo, maybe like he would just Mm -hmm. make a, and you know, you'd see him and he'd go. I did not expect that he would completely transform into this phenomenal romantic hero I feel like I just saw a side of him I didn't even know existed I mean I saw him in Huarong and I thought he was a great actor and had a lot of potential but this was something completely different Mm -hmm. um and I felt very much like between the two of them, there was just a level of chemistry that I didn't expect either. I just didn't even know, even though it was called Love Wins All, I was not ready for this little love story. I also was expecting some sort of zombie apocalypse. So I just wasn't even in the headspace for it as I watched it. And so it kind of came out of nowhere. And mm. I find myself crying by the end of it. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it was uh, the most unexpected just drop of emotion out of nowhere like I've it was wonderful that's what Mm -hmm. I will say all right how about you Megan I didn't really have an expectation for it because I just I don't know I never know what to expect from V so I just kind of was like okay he's gonna be in a music video maybe like Becky said having a little bit of a collab hearing his voice and I do what I do every morning as I open up our group chat to see what's happening in the world. And um, there were like some messages from the night before. So I like went to the my main page and there was all the information about the video. So I said, okay, I'll just go over to YouTube and watch it really quick. And like, you know, very quickly at 6 a.m. I'm sobbing in my bed, not really sobbing, but like, it's a very emotional video, which I, I, I don't know what I was expecting. So like, I can't say, oh, it, what's totally unexpected for me because I didn't have an expectation but 
I agree with Becky. Kim Taehyung's range in this is like phenomenal. And I always joke about like the members like, oh, it's a good thing they're not models because they'd put models out of business. Listen, it's a good thing that man was like, I'm going to be in BTS and not an, like a K-drama lead because he would be the top one. Like he was amazing in this. And again, there's no talking, right? It's IU singing and we're watching them act out these scenes together, like this kind of like vignette. And yet I had like such an emotional reaction to all of it just because of how he looked, the look on his face, his smile. When he was in pain, I knew he was in pain. When he was happy and loving, I knew he was happy and loving. And like their chemistry was off the charts. And he's just so beautiful. I don't think people understand that. Like he's so flawless and then he's got great hair on top of that. So like you just, the story just builds. I, I don't even know what to say. The song itself is beautiful. I actually have it on my Spotify now. I love it. It's gorgeous. It does make me emotional to hear it. Cause I just think about the video the entire time. Um, and the video itself was beautiful and cinematic and all of the things, but like when he eats that little muffin thing with the powdered sugar and his little smile, I just lay down my life. I'll just lay down my life. It's fine. Like I'm good. I will take a bullet for you, man. Like, let's go. So like that, that is my, that's been my reaction the whole time. Every time I see a clip, that's like all I can think of. How about it caught you, me off. Yeah. It caught me off guard too. For similar reasons, expectations and so on uh, were similar. Uh, and I, uh, the first day I only watched it once because it was so devastating that I just needed to sit with it for a while. Um, and I had similar reactions to uh, Becky and Megan uh, in terms of just, just the, the, the acting was so emotive. It was so visceral. Um, just uh, the two of them, I mean, they're both flawless, but, that there's just like light radiating off of them. You know what I mean? The energy that they put off, uh, it was just devastating. And I, I took it, I know we're probably going to talk about this more because there's was some controversy around um, the director's notes and the theme of the video. But uh, when I, I watched it without knowing any of that, because that what information didn't come out until later. And I read it as a story about love and death in a time of war and violence just kind of took it a little bit more literally, I guess, in terms of the visuals. And on that level, man, it really, it broke my heart. It is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, to be honest. Um, I've seen feature length movies about similar topics that were, you know, um, that stayed with me for so many years. And this, I feel like just one little four minute or whatever music video is on that level. So that's all I wanted to share right now. Yeah, that's. I just want to give credit to um, the director who also just made uh, Concrete Utopia as well um, with Park Sejun. Uh, this story it's a full it's a full fledged story with arcs in five minutes without dialogue, and I think that is like a really amazing feat to have. And like without hyperbole, I'm trying to think of like, what is another music video that's given me any kind of a reaction similar to this? And I don't have one. Like the best I can come up with I isn't even a good comp, but just in terms of it being like 
something that I think stayed with me and was kind of like big was November Rain by Guns N' Roses. So it's not the same. Honestly, it's not the same. This is so much better. But I was trying to come up with something that's just like this felt like a really big music video, but it's also really simple and that like it's like pared down to, you know, there are some times where we have some extras, but it's just these two people, their emotional reactions to each other and to the world around them. And I think also just like a shout out to their acting in that it's IU and I'm used to IU being able to kind of like shed their skin, so to speak, and take on these character roles like they do in My Mister or Moon Lovers, like times where like I kind of forget I'm watching IU and I kind of like they're a really good actor. So I'll start watching them as a character. I haven't done that with V before. I've seen only a little bit of Hurong, but in it, I still felt like he was V to me. And then this and watching this, by the end of the five minutes, I'd completely forgotten, honestly, that he was like BTSV and I was like immersed in him as a character and that is I would say almost impossible to do and so amazing so we're all in the record that we like this I think <laughs> yes yes we all love it so I thought it would be useful to maybe just go through like some of the different um conversations people have had and like theory like let's toss out some of the theories that we've seen what we think this is about and then we can talk a little bit about some of the critique it's received. And then we can kind of finish off with the director and the director's kind of having the final say of like, this was their intent in making it. Does that sound good? So my favorite theory that I've seen, and this is a joke, but I love it so much, is that this is how Suchwita gathers folks to appear on their show. <laughs> because if you watch Shiga's Suchwita, I don't know anyone here listening who wouldn't know this, but just in case... The the special guests before, you know, the show goes live, they kind of have had this running gag of like mostly badly covering their heads with a cube. And, you know, this was a music video where cubes really take the center stage. I mean, one thing about ARMY is they're going to take their trauma and make it funny, which is probably why I'm here. Um, but I did love that. Um, and then I all like. It just became like with all things BTS does, there's like a lot of memes that come out of it. So the one theory that this is how Yoongi gets his next guest for Sichuota was hilarious. And then also somebody took the picture of like the big giant mountain of clothes and put JK next to it folding laundry. So like, <laughs> same. Like it, funny, but like not funny. I don't know that I really read any of the theories. Um, the one that I wanted to ask you guys because I just have never been clear I kind of watched the music video a few times is that the character that V is playing is blind in one eye and also deaf yes is that what's happening or no do we know he's, he's blind in one eye she's deaf okay because there was like some of course like someone I was watching on TikTok was noting that in the video she's the one that's always looking around and responding to like what's happening in another spot and he's not and that was assumed that was because he was deaf but I don't know that's why I asked so makes sense another theory I have heard was that the cube so there's an entertainment company in Korea called cube entertainment and that that's what cube is and that the, it's more literal like the pressure on pop stars and they're running from their entertainment 
industry. Um, and it's not quite so metaphorical as everything else. Or like, that's one version of the metaphor, yeah. I guess. Oh, that was, that was something that Kenji commented, the Instagrammer, uh, uh, social media influencer on K content, Kenji. I, I uh, would need to look up his whole handle. We can put it in the show notes, but I think he was the one that made that observation kind of mm-hmm. like half joking, but not totally joking. <laughs> I yeah, think what... it's a valid, I mean, it's a valid thing to think about. Like I, I also, I mean, there's definitely, as I was kind of peeling away the layers, there's definitely a version where I thought of them as themselves after I got past the story they were telling. And I was like, those two in particular, and you know, they're representative of the industry that they're in are for sure under just constant watch and the pressure of that and what that might feel like that I can't even imagine and how that might be different than their real life. So I I mean, even though he was being a little bit cheeky and there's a specific entertainment company, I think the theory is really interesting, especially with the two of them as the actors. Um, it, it, it doesn't feel wrong to me as a read. I think for me, I took the story itself like i said before fairly literally in in it being about war and violence or just living in 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 the face of violence uh but the cube i was thinking was kind of um a symbol of oppressive structures that's how i read it um uh kind of um inflexible unyielding uh kind of mechanical almost like an ai kind of like it's just a machine that's stronger than you that you can never overcome and it's unbending and inhumane not human and also inhumane that's kind of how i read the cube symbolism when i watched it the first time before i knew anything about it so for being an english major and an author my first watch of it was so literal that it's actually funny like i don't know what was like wrong with me or what took but i watched it and i was like oh so aliens i guess like those are just alien cubes and you know they're taking over the world that's it and then afterwards like i had some friends want to like unpack it and i was like oh right like okay yeah like clearly it's like many other layers too was it like aliens done and done <laughs> And I was a little bit surprised that like that was as basic as my brain got, but I am just going to name it in case anybody else was feeling like they watched it and they were like aliens too. Cause I tend to do that the first time I watch something and then, and then my mind works on it a little bit. I I was going to say, I kind of thought that too. Like I was like, Oh, like they're just getting captured by aliens, like, or some being from somewhere else. Like, okay. But then, you know, multiple watches, lots of, other media coming in lots of people breaking down the video and I'm like oh, okay it's like there's a lot more layers than that but yeah I did too Leah don't worry like I was kind of <laughs> like oh it's like the body snatchers okay yeah I was and, very very basic and every BTS video is like that honestly every you know we always end up learning more and more about the symbolism speaking of which I have uh I read a, a really interesting article by a um there's a a journalist, uh, I believe she's Korean American, uh, Jae Hakim, and you, some of you may have seen her posts. She posts regularly on Instagram about Korean entertainment and culture, and it's called. Uh, she has a Substack called uh, K Culture with Jae Hakim, and I have read some of her things over time and finally started subscribing. And she wrote an article about this music video and uh, connected it to some previous. Uh, 
symbolism used in the spring day video. And so I just wanted to share that real quick and we'll post a link as well. Uh, but uh, what she observed is, um, and she had written in the past about the spring day music video. Uh, and I don't want to steal her thunder here and we'll share the link, but uh, she says, uh, she points out that in the music video for spring day, there's one scene where Yungi is seated on a huge mountain pile of clothes. So very similar to this music video. And it says the mountain of clothes depicted in both music videos appears to be an homage to Christian Boltanski's 2010 art installation, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, No Man's Land, which was exhibited at New York's Park Avenue Armory. Uh, and Boltinsky explained um, the significance of the mound of clothing in an article in Art in America. And so here's the quote from the artist. He says, it's used clothing. I've always imagined that used clothing and a photo of somebody and a dead body are nearly the same. They're all objects related to the missing person. On the floor, there are mostly coats. He's referring to the, the exhibition, which more clearly take the form of people on, and on the mountain, are other types of clothing that are all mixed up. You can't imagine these people, there's no more individuality. Uh, and so the, the point is that it's talking, it's using mm. the mountain of clothes as a, a symbolism of, of their death and their, the loss of them and their individuality. And so I just wanted to share that. And also I think that really resonates from the, from, from the drama, from the music video as well, because the pile is so staggering that it does feel like, there's a loss of individual humanity, but then at the very end of the music video, when we see just the wedding dress and just the suit drop down, you do have that moment of just like that call out of just those were two people and here's two outfits and here it is. And so like that pulling out of just those two pieces before again, it becomes just kind of like that overwhelming sea of indiscernible humanity and carnage. And it's so crazy because we got to know those characters so well in just a few minutes that you really, and I think that's what's so crushing about it, you really feel the loss of them as individuals, you know? And and I one thing I didn't do well was I didn't connect what um, Jehakim was saying in her uh, discussion about how this music video was connected to Spring Day, which is, of course, as many armies will already know, the song Spring Day by BTS and the music video have it's never been officially confirmed but it's often been it's been thought over the years that that song was about the seawall ferry disaster and the loss of of over 100 high school students in South Korea a huge national tragedy and so it makes sense you know when you make that connection that it's um, a similar kind of idea about losing these very very precious souls yeah i think that's for me that was like what was so crushing about this video is that like i really fell in love with these two people like obviously their characters and i do that in like all my media books shows whatever i just like fall in love with people and you really see it's their journey of survival against the backdrop of like this camera where when you look into it it's like happy old like we don't even know if it's old times because we don't know if these two people just met and they're surviving together or if they've known each other for a long time. Like there's no, we don't know any of that context. We just know that what they're seeing, they're able to see a life if there's no war, alien invasion, invasion, apocalypse, whatever's happening around them. And at the, at the very end, when we know that it's going to be the end to see them float away on the camera, I was like, that was enough for me 
like to end the video, but then to see the suit and the dress float down like feathers was like so devastating. And I think we like what Leah said earlier was so spot on that this is like a full cinematic event. Like it had all of the things that you would check a box for any major motion picture or television show or what have you um, in five minutes. And so, you know, I know that from our DMs and from our group chat and, you know, just watching army break down this video in general this was so beautiful in like so many ways not just highlighting obviously V's beauty and I use beauty and you know charisma and all of that but the idea of this story and the ability to fall in love with these characters and care about them in less than five minutes and then to really know their end was just really devastating but like that's good art like that's that's what you want you know and so it I think when you said that, it like really made me realize for me, that was the part that's I, when I think of this video, I see that I see those clothes floating and it's like such a, a sad but beautiful image. So I wanted to touch on um, one bit of notable criticism that uh, and this conversation kind of began originally with um, somebody uh, who is a stylist who has worked at Hybe, notably for Les Seraphim. And uh, they go by the name of Nara Kim. And so um, they they originally posted on Instagram a pretty short message that said, I don't want to be distorted as a straight and non-disabled person with normalcy through the camera. I'm satisfied with myself. Hashtag love wins. Hashtag love wins all. And just expanding a little bit more, I'm going to read um, some of her thoughts and then we can kind of like editorialize on them. So um, these are her her words exactly. She wrote, the reason why I mentioned this is that the song was originally titled Love Wins. Korean queers who thought queer, so, and this is, I'm just going to like, say that this is a um, a slogan that was being used a lot in the Korean queer, queer community. So there was kind of a big feeling rush that happened when the song got put out called Love Wins. So Korean queers who thought queer slogan had been stolen were furious. There's still controversy, controversy after the title of the song was changed and the music video was released. The two main characters, IU and V, in the music video appear as blind and deaf people who are chased by, quote, discrimination and oppression. Different situations from reality is shown through the camcorder, which is meant as a love filter, the director says, and the two appear to be happier without disability in this. I mean, a music video featuring two rich, non-disabled world stars known as cisgender hetero using disabilities, minorities as props to say about overcoming and and have and ending up in a very normal ending wearing a wedding dress and a tuxedo. What needs to be overcome is the world, not disability or minorities. Stop shallow compassion and using minorities as inspirational material. And so I will say that after this stylist posted that opinion, um, they did receive a lot of backlash from fans because IU and V um, in particular, like there's the people who just feel really strongly about them and don't want people making critiques that seem negative or with criticism in mind. I will say that um, I think that it's good to look at art and to come up with criticisms and to see things and to talk about, um, you know, looking at things through ableist lenses and things like that. So I don't think that this is a, um, a person whose feelings I feel called to like invalidate. 
Um, even if I think that ultimately the, the music video was making a different point, I think that them putting out that critique is fair, even though it doesn't resonate as much for me. I think the overall sentiment does, but what, what, what I feel like the purpose of the music video was doesn't resonate necessarily for me, but I feel like they're very, they should feel very comfortable making that point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I will say I did notice, um, I didn't know the background about the love wins being a slogan. So I didn't know much about that until reading that specifically. Um, but regarding the ableist view, I did notice that when I watched it, um, that they have a fantasy of not being disabled and that is seen as happy and every other part is seen as not happy. Without knowing the whole backstory, it's hard to put that within a context that I'm personally ready to critique, but I am happy to hear from the disabled community and that critique makes a lot of sense to me, particularly within the larger context of all the media around and how we treat disabilities in the world and to pretend again and again and again and again that not having disabilities is better gets frustrating and it's hard to keep watching and I can see that you would hope for something different and they didn't get that in this video. So I acknowledge all of that. I noticed it when I saw it. It is a very, very small critique for me uh, because I don't have that backstory. Like these, this situation could have caused it. That, those could be memories rather than fantasies. Um, we don't really know. It's certainly presented more as a fantasy, but it's, it's a small critique. And I see it as from me, I see it as valid from the community and certainly worth, uh, worth discussing and worth um, noting for sure. Something I wanted to just mention really fast, because I do think that this is where it becomes interesting that people look at it through their own lived experiences and their own lenses and how valid that is, is somebody else whose critique I saw um, actually was a Palestinian. And they described that what they felt like they saw was that in looking through the camera and seeing them more in terms of like their life before potentially war and violence, how impactful that was. And they were talking about how they feel like in many ways their people often are presented in these like highly victimized states of like surviving and not thriving. And so being able to shift that narrative for a minute to see yourself as this whole person who is not kind of just like looking like a war survivor for like public media at all times and being like, you know, here I am as like just a person, just being a person that was also really striking and powerful for them from them, given like their their way that they're showing up right now in the world and the way they're seeing their family and friends depicted. And I thought that too was like a really valid and interesting critique as well. And so again, I think that's where sometimes good art is great because you can be able to like look at your lived experience, apply it against it and kind of start to draw extrapolations about how, you know, our human condition is. Good point. And it brings up the, the perennial conversation about you know is art in the eye of the maker or the beholder <laughs> it raises all those issues yeah I saw I saw it as because I read it as a story about war I just assumed that those were injuries and that they were because they because the initial scene shows their city getting bombed um there's just destruction going on all around them the buildings are falling down they're getting bombed and so I took it so literally like we talked about before that I just assumed that those are injuries that they had sustained and they were remembering their lives before the violence started but 
Yeah, but I but the but if you read it the other way, which sounds more like what the director seemed to be intending it to be more abstract, uh, a story about discrimination and oppression in general, then I can see those critiques for sure have so much um, that that we should, should I, be listening. Should to. I read that paragraph? This seems like a good time to say what the director. Oh sure, yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear because we are saying like yeah what is art is it in what the maker intended or what the viewer interprets and you know honestly it's probably both so we've heard a little bit about like how the world has interpreted this let's hear how the creator intended it so this is out of a an interview with him director um tehua i've never heard his name pronounced i'm not sure i did that correctly but um he says this music video can be interpreted as a dystopian world survival story of the one who cannot speak and the one who sees the world only with the left eye looking closely at IU's lips there's a small chain hanging around which emphasizes the difficulties in communication with the world v also wears a white lens in his left eye nevertheless in a world ruined by square they have no choice but to rely more on each other and try to overcome their wounds and exhaustion until the end. And not knowing any of that and watching the video cold, I kind of had the same idea that Tanya took it as that these were injuries that they had received in whatever is going on, whether it's war or, you know, whatever's happening in this apocalyptic world. Um, and I do agree with like most of the sentiment here that's, you know, I see both sides of it. Me as a person just watching the video, my first instinct was they were maybe memories. Like they're looking through this lens and remembering what life was like before. Um, but I would never tell someone that their feelings are invalid. So I like to read all of the things that come out about art and how they're perceived and how they are felt by other people. Um, in regards to the name change, because it was originally called Love Wins, and then it was called Love Wins All. When the, fir the first time it dropped, when we first got the information about the music video and that V was going to be in it, and it was called Love Wins, I did for a moment take pause and wondered if this was going to be a queer positive music video. And that we were going to get some window into what it's like to be queer in Korea, um, which I know is not the most acceptable thing there. Um, and so when the name change happened, I wasn't really surprised because from the media that I have um, seen in the past, Love Wins is a big, I, I don't want to say slogan, but it is something held close to the heart um, in queer culture. And so I was kind of excited because I was like, what are we going to see? What are we going to get? How is this going to impact culture? How is this going to impact their society? Um, and I'm not saying I'm disappointed because I'm not at all, but I do understand the pushback and I do understand the name change because it's a very sensitive subject. You know, I'm here from the West. I always look at everything with a Western lens and I'm very privileged to be able to do that where I sit in my chair um, and talk on this podcast. So for me, that part of it, and when we got that critique of it, I did sit with it for a minute because I really did when it first came out that it was called Love Wins. I just sat there for a minute and was like, wow, what are we going to get? And then, you know, with the name change, then, you know, all the other things came after that. But I should also say, too, that we're not, unlike one of the critiques that we heard, we're not assuming that the two actors are 
cisgender, heterosexual, because we just don't know. And so we just won't make an assumption. <laughs> Which, and it, yeah. to that point, I that was kind of my thing. We don't ever make the assumption. And to me, that seemed like an exciting aspect that we were going to get. Um, you know, we talk a lot here about chapter two, we talk here about what's going to happen in chapter three, you know, it's the world is the oyster at this point. So, you know, to me, that's what kind of seemed exciting. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from the name change. I'm not, you know, looking down on it. I'm not saying it. I was disappointed at all. I'm not. I just, for that particular part of this, that's what went through my mind. Well, I think we did a good job kind of encapsulating, you know, some of the the funny theories to the serious ones, to the criticism, to the author's intention. And overall, what it really did not to, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to end up basic. This is a BTS podcast and I'm a basic BTS bitch is what it really left me with was thinking to when members are finished with the enlistment and we're going to see what fun adventures we're going to be getting in terms of, you know, offerings of like the stories they want to tell and how they want to frame them. And it, I felt like this set up, you know, I think IU set up really high bar. So I want to see like if BTS can, can match it because, you know, on there's a, they, you know, blood, sweat and tears. We've seen some pretty cool music videos, but I, you really at this point, I think can sit there and adjust their crown and feel pretty good with about themselves as having, you know, maybe at least in terms of like cinematic storytelling, probably the strongest music video that, that exists in this world. <laughs> I, think, I think it could be submitted as an Oscar short film. Seriously. I, mean, I don't know what the criteria are, but I, every, you know, most years, that's one of my favorite things about the Oscars. I haven't been as into it as much as I've gotten older, but I used to always love and still do sometimes watching the um, cinematic short film collection and then the animated shorts. Mm. Uh, and this, I mean, this is in that league for yeah. sure. Well, and, I, and I just want to say that I hope Tay got bitten by the acting bug again, because we need more and we <laughs> yeah, need it. Well, and I was just going to say, it really makes me nostalgic for my younger days of just sitting and watching MTV all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm an MTV kid and music videos were the thing. Like I was like, I'm going to grow up and be a music video director. I'm going to mm -hmm. write all these stories. You know, I hear a song and I already know what it's supposed to look like. And you know, this is like you said earlier, November rain. I mean, I, that was a moment. Like that was such a moment. Like that video was like cinematic, you know? And so like this too, it just really made me nostalgic for MTV and those days where I would just sit and wait for like the top 20 countdown so I could see all my faves. Yeah. Shout out to MTV culture, which really we just don't have anymore. All right. Well, it was lovely to chat with you and looking forward to, I mean, look, we're out of the, I felt like January becomes like this, like, you know, time itself. <laughs> so it's nice that, you know, we broke through that wall and, you know, it's like its own cube. January is like a cube in and of itself. And we, and we now we're in February. It's February. Oh, yay. It's a time of hope. <laughs> yeah. So I am very happy to, yeah, be, be off January and up and running in the year and looking forward to seeing what other fun is in store for us. All right. Same. Thank you all. Well, yeah. Borhe. 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 <laughs> Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? 
share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight K-Drama. Deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.